This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Breaking news in the NFL coming straight from the source. Not from an insider, not from speculation, but directly from Lamar Jackson. We've been asking for months, maybe even for a year, what does Lamar want? We got one definitive answer today. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And I'll be honest with y'all. Here we are getting together in the morning as we do every single day, putting together what we want to talk about. We're super excited. Got all these angles. We break down all these different college basketball ways we're going to take the show. And then I'm sitting here eating my very healthy egg white omelet this morning. Just do-do-do, having a morning. And all of a sudden, I hear, did you see the Lamar Jackson tweet? Which has really become the drop everything and go look at Twitter moment for so many of us, myself included. Harry, I looked and we got a tweet from Lamar that left absolutely no doubt about what he wants. I will read the tweet and then I want you to react to it, my friend, because he went out there and said, this is it. Uh, I'm going to read all of it. So anybody that hasn't seen it, you will get it. A letter to my fans. I want to first thank you all for all of the love and support you consistently show towards me. All of you are amazing, and I appreciate you all so much. I want you all to know not to believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions. In regards to my future plans, as of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens has not been interested in meeting my value. Any and everyone that's been has met me or been around me know I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. Y'all are great, but I had to make a business decision that was best for my family and I. No matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again staggering honesty as he tells the world, Harry, he requested a trade. Not just that he requested a trade, but on March 2nd, he told the Ravens he wants out. Now, on March 7th, that's when the Ravens decided that they wanted to non-exclusive franchise tag Lamar Jackson, right? And basically with the non-exclusive tag, he's able to go out there and seek and talk to other teams and potentially get that trade done. Now, I think with Lamar Jackson coming out and, and sending these tweets, what he is saying now that... You know, the the relationship between him and the Baltimore Ravens organization isn't patched up. It isn't in a good place. And he is letting the world know that he no longer wants to play in Baltimore and he wants to get out. But he's making it be evident that even if you are a team and, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, hypothetically want to match the offer, he doesn't want to play there. He doesn't want to play there. That's that's his stance. That's that's this message that he's sending right now. And for Lamar Jackson, if that's how he feels, that's how he feels. And we can't sit up here and tell him, hey, you can't feel that way. You can't come out and make these tweets and, you know, you have to go whatever the organization wants you to do. No, it doesn't work like that. Uh, just like the Baltimore Ravens feel like they f- they feel towards Lamar Jackson and giving him his contract, Lamar Jackson can feel the way he's feeling towards the, the Ravens organization for not fulfilling his needs and what he's saying um, he worked hard to get. So this is where we are now. Lamar Jackson making it be known, making a standstill, saying out loud to not just the United States but the world that he doesn't want to be in Baltimore and he wants to start his career or, or – uh, restart his career somewhere else. I learned something new, and I'm double down on something I already knew with this series of tweets. Number one, what I'm doubling down on, I've said it for a minute, you've said it for a minute, 
I don't think he ever takes another snap in Baltimore no matter what. So I, I don't believe there's any chance if they think that he's going to come back, sign the franchise tag, and play for a year. I know everybody tells me it's ridiculous to walk away from that money. He is telling you right now in this tweet, a uh, series of tweets, I think he's telling you, I am done as the Ravens quarterback. So that's very definitive for me. But the other thing I learned, Harry, and, and I, I mean, I walked away from this saying one thing absolutely instantly, and that is nobody has any idea what the hell is going on when it comes to Lamar Jackson anywhere. And I say that because the key part of this is he requested the trade on March 2nd. Today's March 27th. You can't keep a secret in your office for more than an hour and a half. You can't keep a secret from your your significant other for more than 63 seconds before they inevitably find out. You can't keep a secret from your mama. You can't keep a secret from your kids. There is nobody you can keep a secret from for 25 days. In the NFL, secrets are impossible. And nobody knew about a trade request for 25 days. Through the beginning of free agency, through the uh, exclusive, non-exclusive franchise tagging, through all of the people sitting on every one of our shows yelling about Lamar Jackson and him tweeting in response to it, never once was this information leaked. So anybody that tells you they know what Lamar's thinking, RG3 has proven himself to be right. We don't know a damn thing about what Lamar's thinking because he is keeping it all that close to the vest. Well, no, but I will say this. When it comes to Lamar Jackson and the people around him, you also got to give them a lot of credit because they aren't leaking things, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's how Lamar Jackson would want it right about now and – you know, throughout this entire process. He doesn't want things leaking out and getting out about what he may be saying or, you know, what the Ravens are thinking. He wants everyone to come to him. They want to hear it from the – he wants everyone to hear from the horse's mouth, which is him at this moment. And that's why he's coming out and doing these things. But I agree with you, Fitz. I don't think he's going back to Baltimore to play anymore in his career. He's taking this stance, and this is where this is what he's leaning on. And RG3 has said this on numerous of occasions. Lamar Jackson – is a man of his own. He is a man of principles. And I just think, man, the relationship between him and the Baltimore Ravens are definitely, it's definitely not in a good spot right now. And that's why we have this message from him today. Yeah, and it, it, I continue to say, in a know-your-worth society, it's Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. In a know-your-worth society, everybody doesn't have to agree on what my worth is. Uh, There are plenty of people on Twitter that tell me every day that I should be fired and I'm ruining ESPN. There are also people on Twitter every day that think that I rock, right? Like, it is not the society's job to figure out what my value is. It's my job. And it's, you know, that's my process. Uh, At some point, Lamar has decided what he thinks his value is. And it's for none of us to decide on that. I know a lot of people want to yell about it, but realistically, he, in a know-your-worth world, he feels like he knows his worth. So, until until this plays out, we don't know if he's right or wrong. And if he is wrong, uh, that's still in the eye of the beholder. Like well, it, it, All of this presumes that he gives a damn what any of us think. Well, well, let me say this, too, though. From the Ravens organization standpoint, you don't want to just try to keep somebody who doesn't want to be there because now you're opening yourself up to a lot of things that could happen, right? You, you, you don't want to open yourself up in that way if you're the Baltimore Ravens. And I understand a lot of people are saying, well, they're just not going to trade Lamar Jackson for a bag of chips. Well, I'll tell you this. You don't want him there being disgruntled because if the simple fact, if something doesn't go right and he, let's just say hypothetically, he tweaks a hamstring, okay? Lamar Jackson could probably be out for 12 weeks. You you don't want to put yourself in that situation if you're the Baltimore Ravens. So if a guy doesn't want to be there, do what you got to do to, 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 to grant him his wishes. 
even though you might feel differently about him and you want him to be your quarterback, if he doesn't want to be there, I've I've been I've been on a team where a guy didn't want to be there and you know he he tried to become a cancer in the locker room. Not saying Lamar Jackson is going to be there. I'm just saying as an organization, if I'm the Ravens, I wouldn't open myself up to that. If hypothetically Lamar Lamar Jackson said, you know what, I'm going to sign the franchise tag and. You, I just don't think you want to be there if you're the Ravens. I mean, this is the same same conversation. To your credit, you've been very consistent on this with Aaron Rodgers, too. Like, you can't let him walk back in the room because no. it's just going to be an absolute nightmare for everybody. This is no different. Like, Aaron Rodgers has made it clear he doesn't want to be with the Packers. Lamar just made it clear he doesn't want to be with the Ravens. And now there's just going to be a standard across all of that because realistically, now that he's made it this clear, he has suddenly come in and he has chopped the value that whatever the Ravens thought they were going to be able to do He's played his uh, his trump card at this but point. But that's the only thing that's changed is that he's come out now, you know, to let everyone know from the horse's mouth. He, that's the only thing that's changed in this situation at the moment is that he's come out and let it be known that he doesn't want to play in Baltimore anymore. Beforehand, we didn't have this information. There was a speculation that he probably didn't want to play in Baltimore anymore. But from his tweets and what he has said, that's the only thing that's changed. Is Lamar Jackson is letting it known to the world that he doesn't want to be back in Baltimore. That's all. Nothing in the NFL happens as an accident. The timing of this tweet wasn't an accident because it forced an immediate reaction from Coach Harbaugh. You'll hear that reaction, and we'll give you more insight on why the timing of these tweets from Lamar Jackson are particularly significant next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Lamar Jackson just said goodbye to Baltimore. In a series of tweets today, Jackson said he requested that trade on March 2nd. Has become personal between the two sides, and it certainly sounds like the relationship between the two of them has deteriorated. This is him basically saying, I want out of Baltimore. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Lamar Jackson just said goodbye to Baltimore. In a series of tweets today, Jackson said he requested that trade on March 2nd. Has become personal between the two sides, and it certainly sounds like the relationship between the two of them has deteriorated. This is him basically saying, I want out of Baltimore. We have spent months waiting to hear specifically from Lamar Jackson what he wants, what he needs, what will make him happy. And this morning, with a tweet, with timing that could not have been accidental, we got the real specifics. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, and and look, you just heard it as we came back. Lamar Jackson took to Twitter this morning to, to inform the world that on March 2nd, he asked the Ravens for a trade. Key timing here, March 2nd. He was franchise tagged March 7th. The team was already aware. Uh, The free agency period opened uh, right after that. Uh, Obviously, the team is aware. So he felt the need to speak. Well, some may say, why today? Why now? The real answer to that is he tweeted that at the exact time that Coach Harbaugh was scheduled to speak with the reporters 
at NFL league meetings. And Harry, this is what Harbaugh, Harbaugh was asked about it because it was sent out just as it started. And this is a, his honest moment here talking about the situation with Lamar. I haven't seen the tweet. It's an ongoing process. Uh, I'm, I'm following it very closely, just like everybody else is here. And uh, looking forward to a resolution. I'm excited thinking about Lamar all the time, thinking about him as our quarterback. We're building our offense around that idea. And uh, I'm just looking forward to getting back to football. And I'm confident that's going to happen. I mean, hadn't seen the tweets. That's not accidental timing, right? Well, no, I would, I would say this. I think Coach Harbaugh handled that very, very well. Uh, especially, you know, when Lamar Jackson at the time is tweeting why he's, you know, talking to the media or whatnot. So I, I thought he handled it very well. And I don't know much. What, what what more do we, you know, we want Coach to say in that moment, right? You you only you only can say, you know, things to not number one incriminate your organization or Lamar Jackson, a player that you guys still, you know, are saying you want to be your starting quarterback. So I thought he handled it uh, very, very well, honestly. I, I just wanted him to react the way Devin reacts all the time on our show. I wanted to, oh, come on! Like, I just, <laughs> it's like, hey, coach, what do you think of this? Oh, come on! You know, there, there's just got to be this moment where you're Harbaugh and you're thinking, I knew I wasn't going to get through this unscathed, but I'm going to add another layer to why I think the timing was important. Because, look, everybody sits here talking about Lamar needs an agent. I think he's doing pretty well the way he's doing it. But on top of everything, he sends this tweet out just as Harbaugh sitting at the podium at the owners meeting at a time where every GM, every coach and every owner are in the same swanky resort in Arizona. Mm -hmm. He just forced a conversation. Now you don't even have to text the Ravens to say you up. You just walk up to the waffle line at the buffet and you just stand next to him. And you're like, so we doing business? Like uh, you're sliding your room key across the breakfast table, trying to make a deal happen. Well, very strategic. Right, very strategic by Lamar Jackson in, in his side of things and his camp. Right, you know everyone and every team, everyone from the sister mama's gonna be there in Arizona at these owner meetings. So you know what, you want to get some buzz rolling. Go ahead and do this while your head coach is up there talking to the media. I mean, go ahead, go ahead and drop this bombshell. So now, now you have more people that are able to talk, not over the phones, not through text messages, not through emails. But, hey, let's go to breakfast in the morning. Let's talk about this Lamar situation. Hey, let's go to dinner tonight. Let's, let's think about – let's see what this team is thinking. Now you can have these talks with teams, the Baltimore Ravens, right then and there, and that's what Lamar Jackson wanted. I, I keep imagining – you know, the owners are in Arizona – and I'm imagining it's a big like banquet room that has a really swanky buffet, right? And every team is basically, this is like a high school cafeteria in my mind. They're all just sitting with each other, right? The teams are sitting with each other at this ownership meeting in my mind. And what we have right now is the Ravens organization sitting at a big round table, and they're all just sort of sullen looking down. And then the Falcons organization's in another table over here, and the Panthers organization's over here, <laughs> the Colts organization's over here, and they're all just looking up and snickering. It's all like, <laughs> because the the leverage is gone for the Ravens at this point. It, this is the thing, and, and I, I know I heard Greeny and they were talking on the show at the time about uh, maybe the timing wasn't the best timing. I think this makes sense because if you are Lamar and you've sat back and you're like, you know what, I tried for a few weeks, I tried to make sure that you know we could do this the right way, but you all aren't taking any calls, you all aren't helping anybody, everybody knows what you want. Guess what? I'll just tell the world I'm not coming back with you. So now all of a sudden it's like, okay, you can want two first-round picks all day, but if they're not going to give you first two-round picks, you'll get no quarterback and no picks because nothing – cannot stress this enough, Harry. He is not going to be forced to sign this franchise tender. He will have that option. He can't just tell the Ravens to go to hell. 
No, 100 percent. And I will also say this. Lamar Jackson and the way he's handled things. I don't like the way people have come at him and saying that he need he needs this or he needs that. Uh, he played a certain way and the team was successful because he played that certain way. Right. He has been the face of the Baltimore Ravens franchise and the way he's been able to conduct business up until this point has not worked in his favor. But it's the end game is not here yet. Right. Let's wait to see how everything plays out. And from his standpoint, he, he just wants to play the game of football and be appreciated. And that's nothing. That's 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 not a lot for a player to ask for, because you put a lot on the line when you step out between those lines every single day. Even in practice, even in walkthroughs, right? We've seen people get hurt in walkthroughs. So he wants to be compensated the correct manner. And I will actually add this to it. Lamar Jackson probably wants to get out of Baltimore so bad now that I wouldn't put it past him if he would take a little bit less than he was actually demanding uh, previously just to get out of there, just to get a fresh start, start brand new, right, and, and, and see if he can lead a team to a Super Bowl, in which he mentioned in his tweet. To that point, several experts have said, well, no team is going to want to give him the richest fully guaranteed contract in history and give up two first-round draft picks. Okay, well, he just told you that he wants out, and that he might that might change some of that. Also, the other portion of it is how many times have I heard experts say, it's no surprise he doesn't have an offer yet because nobody else wants to do the Ravens' work. They're simply going to match an offer. He's telling the Ravens right now, don't waste your time matching the offer. I don't want to play yep. for you. And I think these are significant moments when you talk about it because for all we again, everything's so much speculation and people make really simple things super complicated. For all we know, he's talking to teams and the teams are like, well, the Ravens won't really tell us what they want. Okay, I'll force that. I'll make sure that that happens. I can do that with one tweet because he is his own agent. Nobody's sitting there saying, well, might not be the best approach. He's his own agent. He wants out. He's forcing it. And you mentioned earlier, you don't want somebody in the locker room that doesn't want to be there. Teddy Bruschi, ESPN NFL analyst, said this on First Take, specifically about quarterbacks that don't want to be on your team. You can have certain players on your team that want to be traded and can still be in your locker room and play and and perform a role. I don't believe that can be anyone playing the quarterback position. Because the quarterback is just, it's involved in too much within the organization, the team, especially the offense. Everyone looks to him. Everyone looks, and if everyone looks to your quarterback and sees someone that does not want to be there, it makes me feel like I don't want to be there either. So now I feel like this has to be resolved. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry. And Harry, I think there's such a, a real life example of this. Like anybody that works in any sort of an environment, you know the one person that doesn't want to be there that hates where they work? And I've experienced it everywhere. I've, I've gotten on tour buses where like, oh, this tour sucks. And it's the most money I've ever made, and I'm loving it, right? But that one person is just constantly, this place sucks. When I came to ESPN, there were people here behind the scenes. There were people here on air at the time. They're like, oh, this place is the worst. And you're around it. Like, it takes that one voice getting just a little bit of legs, and it gets louder and louder and louder, right? Like, so I can't imagine, to Teddy's point, to your point, the quarterback, the guy that everybody's just gravitating to, walking around being like, I want to be here. This place sucks. Like, that has to have some emphasis. Well, I've always been of, a, of the mindset that don't keep people places they don't want to be. And, and that's in everyday life for me. That's not just sports. Mm. But especially when it becomes to a, comes to a locker room where you have 52 other guys that's going to be in there. You have a coaching staff that has to go there every day. Right? If a guy doesn't want to be there, why try to hold him hostage and try to keep him there if he doesn't want to be there? Like, I understand that you, you, how much you may love Lamar Jackson. Well, show it through the way you want to compensate him then. 
And I can't help – I want to read this, though, because, you know, Lamar Jackson is not a cancer in that locker room, so I don't want to put that out there. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, you know, when Lamar Jackson sent his tweets, wrote, handle your business. We always hear, though, with the praying signs. But that says a lot about who Lamar Jackson is and how, and how, how he was for his teammates and how they view him as a human being, period. They know that he, he was willing to go, come in there every day and do whatever he could for that team to be successful. So they know the real Lamar Jackson and not the Lamar Jackson that people are trying to paint the, a certain image on. Yeah, I, I think you got to look at teammates in these, in these situations because fans yell and scream and lose total perspective. Teammates understand, like, it impacts a teammate's life if they don't have Lamar Jackson on their team and to still stand up and say, you know what, even though it might make our team worse, you got to take care of yours. That says something, absolutely. Uh, We're going to keep getting you updated on the latest. Lamar Jackson, now the talk of the annual NFL owners meeting. We're going to go straight to Arizona next, check in on the entire tone of the meetings and how it's changed with one of our best experts right there. Stay with us for the latest on Lamar all day on on ESPN Radio. It's Fitz and Harry also on the Sirius XM Channel 80. Lamar Jackson just said goodbye to Baltimore. In a series of tweets today, Jackson said he requested that trade on March 2nd. Has become personal between the two sides, and it certainly sounds like the relationship between the two of them has deteriorated. This is him basically saying, I want out of Baltimore. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Lamar Jackson tweeted that he requested a trade from the Ravens on March 2nd in a series of tweets. This is huge because Lamar Jackson now has publicly stated that he doesn't want to be a Baltimore Raven anymore. And this is him publicly sharing his unhappiness. Now Lamar Jackson is saying, I don't want another team to get matched by the Ravens in that contract offer. I'd rather go play for another team for the same amount of money or less than stay in Baltimore. Well done, Devin. Everybody's talking, and it's Lamar Jackson's prerogative. The question is, what's next? As the news breaks today, Lamar Jackson requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens all the way back on March 2nd. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, and we're going to get some expertise from Arizona. The owners' meetings are happening right now. So if you're not familiar, uh, Harbaugh was set to speak today. These tweets went out just as he was about to hit the podium. Uh, The owners' meetings are going on, which means uh, in Arizona, you've got GMs, you've got front office people, uh, you've got coaches, you've got owners all hanging out, uh, doing business, figuring out the league year and, and all of this information. So it really automatically overtakes it when Lamar tweets this out when he did. Kimberly Martin, ESPN NFL reporter is out there in Arizona, kind enough to join us as all of this breaks. Kmart, what was the reaction in Arizona from people as this news started to break? Well, hello, guys. Um, I can just say I was standing literally right to John Harbaugh's left. Um, As he was talking about Lamar, he was asked point blank, do you see week one? Do you see Lamar as your starter? And he said, I do. And (laughs) which, you know, as you are seeing these tweets coming in um, from Lamar Jackson, you know, a lot of us said, you know, 
he has your own quarterback has said he wanted to he wants to be traded. He does want to play for you. And Harbaugh, um, you know, to my understanding, he was he was apprised of this literally as he was walking into the breakfast. So it didn't catch him completely off guard, but I think he presented it um, the same optimism that you would expect him to, you know, because here's the thing. He's a head coach. He understands that his life is a lot easier with Lamar Jackson as his quarterback. Their relationship, Harbaugh and Jackson, has always been one of the more enviable head coach quarterback relationships in the NFL. He is from day one stressed and defended Lamar Jackson as a player, just as a person. He reiterated today, I love Lamar. Um, that's my guy. Um, so John Harbaugh has been very consistent about that. But it was wild to be standing there. And I even said, so, John, you are literally constructing your offense with your new coordinator with the thought of Lamar Jackson in mind. Like, you are still doing all of this with the, with the expectation that Lamar is your quarterback. And he said, absolutely, because we don't plan on change. You know, we know what he brings. We know his character. So it's, it's, it is, it's been a wild wild um sort of just a few months of watching this roller coaster um and today the biggest the biggest news of lamar jackson tweeting the timing was impeccable to be honest now kmar lamar jackson coming out with these tweets saying that he requested a trade from the baltimore ravens what does that do for other teams that potentially may have been thinking about, you know, Lamar Jackson being on their roster but not publicly coming out and saying it? What's the mindset for them now moving forward hearing Lamar Jackson say this well, or seeing Lamar Jackson well, tweet this? Well, because the prevailing thought was, okay, even if – because here's the thing. If you say you are about winning, winning trumps everything, then any team that needs a quarterback right now, you would think theoretically – would be discussing Lamar Jackson in their building, right? That's number one, if winning is the ultimate goal. Two, though, you understand that in this situation, it's different than the Deshaun Watson situation because Deshaun Watson essentially was operating like a free agent. Like it was, if you're interested, bid for his services and to the highest bidder, he will go ultimately ended up with the Cleveland Browns. With the Ravens, however, you've got, you've got the, a team consigned to an offer the Ravens can always match that. They're doing all the legwork and the homework, you know, devising the contract, compensation, all that, um, and then ultimately allowing the Ravens to just say, actually, you know, we'll take him, thanks. Now, if you're another team, if Lamar is putting it out there that I want to be somewhere else, well, now you're looking at it like, oh, okay, this is different because – the whole prevailing thought this whole time was both sides want to get together. They want to be together. They want to keep this marriage intact. It's just about how can he, how can they come to a compromise on the compensation? But you know, with divorce, like if one person wants out, it is very difficult to, to fix that relationship, right? If only one person wants to be in. So if you are another team, I just can't imagine that no other team in the NFL thinks Lamar Jackson can help them. It's just ridiculous. Like, you can't even think that. So I think if you're another team, like, you've got you've to think, well, okay, if Lamar doesn't want to be in Baltimore, like, let's, let's really give this a shot. Were you surprised to find out that this was requested all the way back on March 2nd and we never heard about it? Um, you know, he, the interesting thing about this is the fact that he essentially can sort of operate like a free agent in the sense of, well, hey, 
we want, you know, we put the non-exclusive tag on you. Okay. Now, now you can see what the, you can test the market, which is ultimately if you want your current employer to pay you a certain amount and they don't want to, then you can go out and find somebody else who will give you what you want. So right now is that window where Lamar could go and, and allow another team to say like, Hey, you know, we want to, this is, we're interested. Um, Am I surprised it didn't come out? Um, No, I'm not surprised only because from the beginning, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have, they had made an agreement, like all, all, all things regarding the contract, which sort of stay in house. Like they wouldn't, and he doesn't have an agent. So a lot of times information about contract negotiations and contract, final contracts end up getting leaked by agents or team officials, but because there isn't an, an agent in the situation, player and organization have that, that sort of agreement, like, okay, we're going to keep things in-house. So I'm not necessarily surprised, but I wonder if this is, after a lot of teams came out publicly saying, yeah, we're not going to pursue Lamar, I wonder if this is just Lamar, this is the next piece of his strategy, which is, okay, nobody wanted me? All right, well, I don't want to be in Baltimore now let's shake the trees a little bit and see if anything falls. Okay, Mart, appreciate your expertise. I know it's already slammed there in Arizona. Wild times. Didn't even get it through a, a half a day, so we appreciate you joining us and giving us the best. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That's Kimberly Martin, ESPN NFL reporter. Again, she is directly in Arizona. We're going to continue to get you all of the breaking news, obviously, as it comes from Arizona. The NFL team uh, owners are meeting in Arizona to go over a bunch of league policies. All of the teams are speaking. We'll have Adam Schefter uh, joining us a little later. He's going to join us in about 20 minutes. We'll get the latest from his mindset on what's going on with Lamar Jackson. Again, the breaking news, Lamar Jackson went to Twitter today and let the world know that he asked the Ravens for a trade on March 2nd. So we will continue to get all of that news in. That being said, there was something significant that happened yesterday in the college basketball world that has rocked everybody. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Lamar Jackson just laid down the gauntlet. He's not coming back. And this is him publicly sharing his unhappiness. I don't know how Lamar ever goes back to play for the Baltimore Ravens. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Cassell blew the whistle, and we may have free throws to send San Diego State to the Final Four. I feel like the opportunity was just set there for me. Uh, it was God's timing, and I'm just having that confidence that, yeah, I missed the first one, but I definitely wasn't going to miss the second one. It is over. The San Diego State Aztecs, for the first time in program history, will head to the Final Four. Sound courtesy of Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. Again, the breaking news today, Lamar Jackson went to Twitter, made sure everybody knows that on March 2nd, he requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. We just talked to Kimberly Martin. She is in Arizona. 
In about 10 minutes, Shefty will join us. We'll get the latest again from the NFL owners' meetings, and we will continue to break down the who, the why, the what, the where, the when. What does this mean for the Ravens? What's it mean for Lamar? Trust me, don't go anywhere. We will get all of the Lamar Jackson breakdown you could possibly need. But got to take a little break on it. All hour, we've been, uh, we've been focused on Lamar, and it's really kept us from having the rare argument because let me tell you, there was some, there was some controversy last night. We're watching, uh, everybody's watching, obviously, the Elite Eight. We get a great game between Texas and Miami, and it comes down uh, to, to, to one call. It, it came down to, to one, one foul, uh, and obviously, uh, obviously, we don't see it the same way. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I went Texas-Miami because that was a late game, and it wasn't Texas. The minute I said it, I was wrong. Uh, Creighton-San Diego State um, still shooketh by the end of the Texas-Miami one, too. But Creighton-San Diego State was the one where it, it comes down to the last play, and it created this mo- – and, and look, Harry, I'm going to be honest – I don't even like myself when, I, when I'm in the group text. And I said, look, a foul's a foul. But not everybody agrees. At the end, it looked like maybe the refs called something they didn't have to call. Uh, all of a sudden, it comes down to free throws at the end of the game. That's the way the game ends. Nobody seems to like any of it. I'm here for it. I, I'm just going to say, Harry, a foul is a foul. 30 seconds in or with 30 seconds left. Three seconds in, three seconds left. A foul is a foul. I will die on that hill. Oh, my goodness. That's not a good hill to die on, I'll tell you that, to be honest. <laughs> because, right. see, the, the thing is, is that if you ask me, is it a foul? Yes. But then call it the entire game that way. Don't call the game for 39 minutes one way, and then when you get to the last minute, you decide that you want to call fouls like this. When you haven't consistently called fouls on these type of plays the entire game, right? Guess how many fouls was called in this game? Go 22. Ahead. Yep, okay. 22, which is the lowest in the NCAA tournament this year. The lowest. Once the precedent was set at the beginning of the game, the first five or ten minutes, then that's the way the players are adjusting and that's the way the players are going to play. You can't alter things from an official standpoint, from a referee standpoint, when you get to the last minute and say, you know what, he may have got his left hand on him. Let me call a foul now. But what about the other ten times it may have happened? Both sides, though. Man, what if it happened five sides on Creighton, you know side, five sides on San Diego State, and you don't call it? But then in the last minute, down to the down to the wire, that's when you want to call it, and it, it decided the basketball game. It literally decided the basketball game. Now and, you know your mom always told you two wrongs don't make a right, and you also know that if you do the wrong thing a bunch of times, then you get caught. You don't get to say I got I got away with it the rest of the time. Yeah, but I don't I, think that's the I case mean, with this situation. The the thing for me on this one is that where do we credit? You know the the ability to get open and, and get that shot right. Like I think a number one or the uh, acting job. Uh, we I mean that too? the other side Maybe of it too is the, Hollywood. The the <laughs> officials are they've got an eagle eye on it. Like it's a, the end of the game. I feel like this is why officials are damned if they do and damned if they don't. Why nobody should ever want to be one because if they don't call it, then there's going to be a whole section of fans that are like, how do you not call an obvious foul on the last play of the game? If they do call it, which is by the way their job to call the fouls that they see. If they call it, it's like you're too inconsistent. Refs can't win. Like, And even if it was a questionable call in the grand scheme of things, why do we make such a big deal about it? There are questionable plays within the course of a game that that are by any player. There are questionable calls in the course of a game by coaches. There's inconsistencies in everything we do. Human refs made a human call that I think was the right one. And yeah, through the rest of the game, were they, were they letting them play? Cool. Yeah, but was that right? I don't know. I mean, I say if you see a foul, call a foul. That's all, uh, To me, that's very simple. If you see say, oh see something, say something. It's that simple. We just went through this with the Super Bowl in which, you know, there was a holding call. Which I supported. And, and it wasn't holding, yes. But it wasn't called like that the entire game. 
Now we get to an Elite Eight situation, March Madness, where you have the world watching, not just people in the States, the world watching, and the game is tied 54-54. to 54. I think it was 54-54 at the time. Uh, maybe in a different, 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 no, 56-56. And then you call a foul at the end and let free throws decide the game. Like, that, I have an issue with that. I, I really do. I really do. And, and if you're going to call a game like that the entire game, then I'm, I'm, I agree with it. But the fact, simple fact that they didn't call the game like that consistently throughout the game, calling fouls, then no, I don't, I don't rock with it. And I can't sit up here and say I agree with it. So let these players decide the game on the floor. Don't let the whistle be in your mouth and you decide you want to blow it and put your little arm up. Let the game go in overtime and let them decide to say San Diego State and Creighton, who deserves to go to the Final I mean, Four? I mean, the players, the players did it. Go ahead, Devin. Go ahead, Devin. I think if they don't call that that foul at the end, we go to overtime and Creighton wins, I don't think we're discussing how they no. potentially missed a call at the end of the regulation. I don't think that's the conversation at all. I think we talk about how Creighton won in overtime. I do not think. I totally disagree I, with that. Because it There'd be look. a huge group of fans that would be sitting there saying, how do you miss that call? It's right in front of you. You impacted the no, shot. Because that goes back to what Harry said. They weren't calling similar type plays all no. game long. So how are we going to all because, of a sudden be like, oh, oh, oh. Because you know you know darn well that the TV broadcast is going to show that play over and over and over again and say, could it have been a call? Should it have been a foul? They're not doing that with the play that happens in the middle of the second half. Also, like the players did decide the game. It was a foul. Like you did. Like there's no question that this was a foul. Like I, I understand that. No, we the could, damn ref decided it when he decided to blow the whistle in his mouth. No, the player decides it when he decides to foul him because he it got goes beat around back the corner. We're okay. calling the similar type Jeez. play. Of course, it was a foul. No one's no one's disputing that. I mean, the the dispute here is it was no, a the foul. The dispute but is that for the ref to be consistent and call it from the moment you start the game to the moment the game is finished. Not pick and choose the moments where you yes. want to make that call. If you that's the a, issue here. If you establish a strike zone in in baseball and all of a sudden in the la- in the bottom of the ninth you call a ball when it was actually a strike it's a similar type thing. I, I don't want my ref sitting here trying to to arbitrarily decide at some point what the situation is to decide, you know, what the environment is to decide. Well, I don't want my ref thinking about anything other than is this a foul? Same well, thing I said. What, what do the people? Moment. What do what do the listeners think? I want to know what the listeners think. I want to know if they if are they happy with the Lee Eight game. Finishing with the ref blowing the whistle. Are they happy with the Super Bowl at the end of the game being decided because a ref decided he wanted to call a holding call in which he didn't call the rest of the game? Are, are they happy with things like this? I want to know. I want to know. 888-729-3776. Say ESPN. 888-729-3776. Are you guys happy with the way these things came out? I just... I, the damn whistle in your mouth, but, ref. But I, I would make the argument, Harry, at that point in the game, the guy had an open look to win the game and was fouled. In that part of the game, then you have to call it. It's even more important to call the foul because the guy had a chance to win it on his own. Because he, he did this? He, had, he did this right here. Put the camera on me. Somebody put the camera on me. He went to shoot and... Oh. Oh, oh. oh, my God. Lamar Jackson, skills. Lamar Jackson requested a trade. We'll get the latest from our best insider next. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.